because for my one, I said, I'm a bit like Dutch from Predator. I work for an organization that actively... <laughs> uh, please! <laughs> oh no, fucking! You gotta keep it. Fucking brilliant, man! That is like your best one superb. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. And I'm Dave. Well done, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just you like, are. Wait a minute, no one's coming in before. No one's coming in. Yeah, it's, it's down to me. Uh, so this week is the culmination of our Arnold Schwarzenegger month and we're putting the 1982 action fantasy Conan the Barbarian on trial. Is it Conan the Barbarian or is it Conan the O'Brien? Or Oh, fuck that up, haven't I? Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep it. I like it. Sorry. That, Dave gave me a very good suggestion then. And it was I much just, better than the one you went with. It was. I took, <laughs> took it, I ran with it, I dropped it, and it went on fire. <laughs> yeah. Story of our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> now, essentially, we're going to find out if this film will be placed on our steamed hit list or our steaming shit list. Now, before we go on trial, our last film on trial was Terminator Genesis. Dave, mm. judge that mm. trial and deem mm. that it should be placed on the shit list. Now, you've since gone away and watched the film, so did you make the right call? Well, I, I, I've gone away and watched it, and I didn't think it was as bad as everyone seemed to think it is, but it's not good. By any stretch of the imagination, it's not good. I, I'll tell you what, I think you guys did a disservice to Jai Courtney. He's not god-awful. You know, it sounded like he was the worst thing since, since Jude Law. Hey, I said no. I wouldn't say about Jai Courtney. Let's remember that, right? I would say Jai Courtney was the worst thing since Jai Courtney and Die Hard Five. (laughs) That's what I would say. Yeah, I I didn't think he was awful. I thought, but he wasn't John Connor. And Amelia Clark was sorry, no, he wasn't Kyle Reese. Yeah. And Amelia Clark was not Sarah Connor. You know, it was, and they kept referencing, like Alex said, you know, they kept referencing the earlier films, the better earlier Mm. films, to their discredit. You know, it was all reference without relevance. You know, it was, it's all kind of or even without reverence even it was just it was such a mess of a film it, it wasn't god awful it could entertain you you know if you you probably wouldn't be breaking down the box office asking for your money back but it wasn't yeah. good and it's definitely on the right list it's um it's a very poor entry another poor entry in the terminator canon i'm afraid i can imagine die hard fans being deeply upset by some of the things that went on into Terminator Genesis. Why are you know? they watching it? They should be watching Die Hard. <laughs> hey! <laughs> They're already upset after watching Jack <laughs> Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't let it go. They will not let it go. They're coming to break down every film that Jack Courtney makes. <laughs> Very quickly, because in that film, they went back to the original and they changed a few elements to make it more mm. relevant. And one element that they didn't change, which I really think that they should have, because it's my biggest bugbear from the original Terminator, is Kyle Reese stealing a tramp's pants and then <laughs> wearing them <Yeah. laughs> without any underpants on for a long time. You know, <laughs> I'll be honest just not with change those pants. I was watching that thinking, because I, I mean, I actually watched uh, the first Terminator first, because Kat's never seen it. And I said, from what I gather from the podcast, you should watch this before you watch Genesis. It'll make more sense. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, with that fresh in my mind, the original homeless guy they had 
put his heart and soul into that. The guy, the guy <laughs> that they recast him as for this one, nowhere near as good. Nowhere near, nowhere near as memorable. He almost seemed happy to give away his pants. Yeah. You know, like this other guy, he wasn't happy at all. The, and then the Cal first Reese... guy in the original, heart and soul. In the <laughs> but let's not forget that Cal Reese wore those pants for like three days without any underpants underneath. <laughs> and then had Hang unprotected on, I, sex with Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, but... <laughs> anyway... Let's, let's move very let's swiftly not, on. Lest we forget, <laughs> lest we lest forget we that forget. fact. <laughs> so well, then he buys like clean, fresh trainers and a jacket and a top from a, a shop. It's like, well, just get, just pick up a <laughs> pair of pants on there. <laughs> ah, these have got another couple of days in them before I need to wash them. Fucking <laughs> ruin Terminator. The whole time I'm just going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's chasing her through the club again, but what's going on with Michael Bean's pants at this point in the film? <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so um, on to the trial. Now, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex. And Alex is a little bit like Arnie's character, the T-800 in Terminator 2. He's a very good teacher and role model for kids. He speaks Spanish and in the past, he suffered a head wound that's needed some stitches. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and acted they as They glued it short. It wasn't a stitch. Oh, no, there's no oh, stitches. I'll, 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 I'll let it go. Okay, thanks. I'll let it go for the, for the sake of the joke. <laughs> Uh, and uh, acted as prosecutioner trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Dave and possibly Joel. Well, I'll, I'll insult Joel anyway. He might not pitch up though. Let's not worry about that. Now, Dave is just like Arnie's character, Wade Vogel in Maggie. Uh, bearded, serious, and so very, very weary. <laughs> that, it's that, true. That, that joke would have made more sense if Dave hadn't have just shaved before shaved this episode. Shaved yesterday, yeah. <laughs> My, my year-long beard. <laughs> if I, I had just gone yesterday. I, and the thing is, is, I've only just started mining that gold mine for all those beard <laughs> jokes, and now you've and just I, I taken it off it the coming. table. I, I noticed I, the beard yeah. jokes were coming, so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? For no reason other than the dick with Gav and ruin, <laughs> ruin the fresh material. He's just realised he's got. I'm going to shake it off. Uh, also, like what is less funny now is that in the past the bust that you sit next to it looks less like you, whereas before <laughs> it looked like a mini version of you. <laughs> Marcus Reelis. Marcus Reelis. Of course, of course. Of course. Of course. Got a little adapter for my headphones. <laughs> well, anyway, um, and possibly Joel is just like Arnie's character, the T-800 in The Terminator, a monosyllabic, monotonous android. Uh, now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts, which means this week I will be playing the most important role as I'll be playing the judge. And I'm a bit like Arnie's character Dutch from Predator. I'm pretty decent at DIY. I make very unfunny one-liners. I'm the leader of a ragtag group of hot-headed misfits. And when it comes to my job... I'm all mouth and no trousers, <laughs> which is essentially what Carl Reese was again. Uh, <laughs> all mouth and bad trousers. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I must decide which list this film should be placed on the hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to me and not using my own opinion and not uh, taking into account the fact that I'm a very big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And so far, out of the three Arnold Schwarzenegger films that we've put on trial, all three of them have ended up on the shit list. I'm going to try and forget about that fact, okay? 
Dave. Well, you better. You better, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get started, I think we should give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Uh, so it's landed on the big question mark, which means uh, judge's choice. So I get to pick who is going to do today's impression. And I think it's going to be Alex. Yeah. Um, now, the thing is, is that like every week we've all been doing an impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I think, Alex, you've already done one. I have. Anybody well, else that we can ask? I do, well, I do do a fabulous impression. And I hope you know who it, who I do a fabulous impression of. James, James L. Jones. Jones. It's not James L. Jones. <laughs> You don't Definitely. know yet. You it's haven't done one. <laughs> I do know that one. I do know that one. Yeah, we uh, we all know one. you do a good side of, but yeah, yeah. Come on. Well, do we? I've never actually. I've never now. Now I'm having a bit of stage fright because I've been. I've been. Uh, I've been telling you about. I've been working on this for years, but I'll do my best. Okay. A young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed and tribe destroyed by a savage warlord and sorcerer, false doom. When he grows up to become a fearless, invincible fighter. Set three, he plots revenge against false Doom. It's good. It was a little bit Tom Jones, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I thought it was a little bit like? I thought it was a bit like the big tree out of uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings by the end Another there. Welsh legend. Yeah, John Rhys Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a big tree by the well, end. I don't think there was any side off in there at all. <laughs> I'm really, really quite disappointed. No, no, yeah, there, was, there was. There was plenty of side off in there as you well. You guys are just being nice. No, I thought it was also <laughs> look on the bright bit... side. That would pass for side of Tom Jones and John Reese Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you. also, I thought as well, uh, Sean Connery in Highlander. <laughs> Thanks. That'll be the Spanish Thanks. that was sneaking in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, I, I think my, I, I've got all I want from that. And it's going to end up on the hit list. So thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here next week. <laughs> all right. Okay, right. Let's start the trial now. Uh, what a bit of an overview from the defense. So, Alex, tell me a little bit. What, you know, what is this film all about? And can you tell me why it's good? Why it should be okay. on the hit list? So, I will tell you the plot in extremely short amounts of time. Uh, <laughs> Conan is orphaned um, at a young age by people who come in and raid his village. He then gets revenge and goes on a quest for revenge. And at the end of the film, he gets revenge. And that's the plot. Do you know what that I mean? That's great. That, that is, that is, that is the simple plot. We are not talking Terminator Genesis like last week, where we have to spend 15 minutes trying to unpick what the hell is going on. This is an ex probably one of the simplest plots that we've of a film that we've put on trial. Uh, you know, there's a little bit more to it. I'd say that you know he's he's orphaned at a younger age. Then he sort of grows up. You know, he's a, he grows up sort of. He has to be he put he's put on this sort of almost like a donkey around a mill. He's sort of put on to, to walk around that. He trains up, he beefs up, he becomes stronger, stronger, stronger. He's eventually taken and becomes a gladiator and is eventually released after years of weapons training. And that's when he sort of, you know, become goes on in his on his adventures. Uh, meets um Sandal Bergman and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um Valeria, sorry, is the character's name. Valeria and Subatai. Uh, Valeria is sort of his um, uh, love interest and Subutai is sort of his best friend. And they all go on a quest to kill the person who, you know, who, who orphaned Conan in the first place. Uh, it's, you know, you know what? I'm going to say some things that I did not think I'd be talking about when I was talking about Conan the Barbarian. And I'd say that in many ways there are some like, it, it's a really beautifully directed film. And I didn't think I'd be saying this about Conan the Barbarian. I was expecting sort of like ironic laughs, 
cheesy one-liners, pretty sort of like bad action, and just a lot of exposition and a lot of just faffing around, really. What I didn't expect is the first 30 minutes of this film is almost no speaking. It's a lot of like just being shown. The direction is absolutely outstanding in this. And what I really love about it is there's a lot of um, show, not tell. So it's a very simple story, but there's an awful lot going on within it. And um, with a beautiful score as well, which I'm sure we're going to a bit later, this film really captured me and brought me in and I really enjoyed it. Uh, It's not what I was expecting at all. But um, that's what I think, what what I'd say this film has in abundance and what made me really like it is it's just very charming. There's just a lot of charm to Conan the Barbarian. It's not by any means faultless. I'm sure like, you know, Dave will have things to say and, you know, I'll agree with, I'm sure, quite a lot of it. But it's, there's just, there's a lot of charm to it. Arnie is is perfect in this role. It's 1982, which is obviously very early on in Arnie's career. And as we sort of, I know, Gav, I'm going to have to just not look at you as I say this, but as we discussed in like The Running Man and Raw Deal, you know, he, he might not have been up to much actor-wise that he might <laughs> he might have been up to later later on in his uh, in his career when he, you know, became the fabulous Oscar. You so, know, Alex, should've... just spit it out, man. Are you saying that Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> is not a good actor in this? I'm saying that in 1982 he's not a good actor, but that this role is perfect for him because it doesn't, actually stretching much conan is an is a really uh, is a character from a series of novels by robert uh, e howard and the main thing is he's just a strong extremely strong buff guy who you know without any you know he doesn't really use cunning or anything like that he just uses a sword and just slices his way through his problems and that's what makes it fun it's a good source and sorcery flick probably i'd say the classic most classic sword and sorcery flick if you didn't have i'd also say a big argument for you gav is if you didn't have Conan the Barbarian, I'd, I'd argue you would have no Arnold Schwarzenegger because it was only because of Conan the Barbarian that he got noticed for Terminator and it's only for Terminator that you got Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this is the film that really launched him as, as Arnold Schwarzenegger himself knows. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's this perfect vehicle for him. So it's fun to watch Arnie. And it's a good fun flick, but it's also, and this is what's surprising about it, really beautifully directed with a, an amazing score to go along with it. So there's a lot to take away from this film. A lot to enjoy. Thank you, Alex. That sounded amazing. I mean, I feel like I don't even have to ask the prosecution about their opinions now. Um, Unless not, I can talk more. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Alex, please tell me more. (laughs) No, no, I think I need to be a bit fair here. Dave, why is this a bad film? You need to pretend at least that you're going to be fair on this one. Dave, why is a film starring James L. Jones and Max (laughs) Farsad, two probably your acting heroes, why is it a bad film? Yeah, I love James L. Jones and I love Max Farsad. We'll come in the cast later and I'll tell you about them in this film. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to come back on some of... Alex's points for now. Um, yeah, this film isn't what you're going to expect. I'll give Alex that one. Um, you know, you expect you're going to see like a sword and sandal sort of epic, you know, uh, an absolute a bit of a bloodbath, really, in a lot of ways, a lot of action, uh, a lot of big action set pieces, and you don't get that. You know, you don't get the, like I was saying, he expected some cheesy one-liners. You don't get that because there's very little dialogue in this. Um, and one of the reasons for that is not that they, they were trying to be artsy, about it they, simply the actors all the actors involved uh, their english wasn't good enough a lot of them had to be dubbed 
multiple times. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was it was like getting blood from a stone trying to work through that accent. He had to have pointers and have dialect coaches on every single thing to work through his Austrian accent. So it was more of a, a, a side product that the film is so light in dialogue and in script. Instead of that, you've got uh, the actor Mako, uh, who plays the sorcerer in this. He gives you kind of a narration. So although there is no uh, excessive dialogue going on, he is still narrating the story and telling you what's going on. But that that in itself, um, once he's done the introduction, okay, you do the intro, you do the outro, but then he's still doing bits in the middle. He's still explaining to you what you're watching on screen. You know, you're watching, oh, and Conan got drunk that night after he was bored after raiding the temple. And it was just like, yeah, I can see he's drunk. You know, you don't need to tell me this. But it's superfluous dialogue that's just been snuck in there to try and explain and i think one of the reasons they they, they kept the narration running throughout the film was because this film got hacked to pieces in the editing room john millius the director he wanted to have the conan uh, that robert e howard had devised which was it was very violent and it was you know there were there were purists of those fans of those comic books that wanted to see this more violent side of conan but the studio balked at the idea and they were like no we want this to try and we're trying for a mainstream release here edit that back, scale it back. And so, so much of this film wound up on the cutting room floor. And it, you know, the, the action suffers as a result, the coherence of the plot suffers as a result, the characters suffer as a result. You know, Valeria, as Alex said, is, is Sandal Bergman's character. You only know that from looking at the credits. Her introduction w- was one of the things that hit the editing room floor where her character basically introduces herself and, and gives them her name. Her name is not said because that was edited out. And it was just that, you know, we don't even know the name of this character. We don't know the first thing about her. We don't know any backstory. We don't know what the future holds for these characters. You know, it's it was all cobbled together a little. Um, and, and, and well, it was cobbled together. And I think John Milius, if you saw the unedited version, I think he probably actually did a decent film. But God, it was just edited to pieces, edited to pieces. And it's just, it's incoherent. And it doesn't make sense what you're watching anymore. So you don't get the cheesy one-liners. It is beautifully shot. I will give Alex that one. Um, the direction is is fair. Um, and I quite like the uh, the production design as well. I thought, you know, some of the sets, they really went above and beyond on, on creating these sets. But that's pretty much, there's, I don't have much more to say complimentary about the film other than, yeah, it looks quite good. John Millius clearly knows how to frame a shot. You know, it, it and it really got ideas above its station, I think. I think John Millius got a bit carried away. I mean, it opens with a quote from Nietzsche. And it was just kind of, I think, I Conan's don't you love bit, that, Dave? Do you really. love that Conan the Barbarian opens with a quote, with a quote from Nietzsche? Friedrich, Friedrich it, Nietzsche. What was the, what was the quote, Steve? Um, it was the one, uh, you know, that which does not kill me makes me stronger. That 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 one. I love horses. Uh, actually, and then, <laughs> I think um, that's that's actually a quote from Dal Sim from uh, Street Fighter, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, him too. Him too. Both of them are philosophers that should not be mentioned in line with Conan and the Barbarian. But I think that just gives it away that John Milius, I think, was getting a bit carried away with what this film had, and this film had potential for sure. But it just it wasn't realized in the end. And I think, yeah, he thought too much of this project he had. He had too much going on where he's like, okay, so we can't use as much dialogue because the actors aren't aren't so good at it. But it's like, so we'll just we'll do long, poignant shots of people like staring at each other, like the like the start of Once Upon a Time in in the West, you know, practically only without you know having the decent actors that can convey the emotion in their eyes. Everyone's just staring blankly 
at each other without any emotion being conveyed. And they're just like, it's just camera pans this way, camera pans that way. And the plot just doesn't make sense. It flows so incoherently because of this editing problem I mentioned. You know, Alex said Alconan gets put on this wheel. Why? What does the wheel do? We don't know. Why does he get taken off to be a gladiator? We don't know. How does he get so big? Not sure. Why is he released? Why is he released as a gladiator? Is that never explained? Just happens. Go with it. And it's there's so many plot holes throughout the whole film. And, you know, it, it just gets worse as the film goes on. You know, it's he doesn't seek revenge on this snake cut. He's, hi- he's hired by Max von Sydow's King Osric to bring back his daughter. The cult have basically taken over the city. They're kind of like these religious fanatics. And they've grown so big and so strong that they uh, the city guard can't contain them. So the king's daughter has gone off to join the cult and he can't get her back. The, the cult is too, there's too many in number for his city guard to be able to get her back. So he enlists mercenaries, Conan, to get her back for him. Um, you know, there was a scene where Max von Sydow was meant to die in this film and it would have made a bit more sense, I think, to the, the end of the of the film where Conan gets her back and then they just wander off into the night together. It's like, isn't he going to take that girl back to her, her father like he was supposed to? But it's no, Max von Sydow's died and they just edited that out. You know, the plot, jumps around and it doesn't make sense i think it did when john millius first filmed it i think it did but the end result is just nonsense okay uh, thanks dave alex i know that you've actually read the original conan novels and uh, you were quite a big fan of them how did it translate to this film um and, and also what are you what have you got to say about dave's comments about it being so overly edited that the story doesn't make sense i i just don't agree with that at all i'll come to the robert e howard bit but no i i don't that's just not true i don't think what dave's saying about it being added edited out there's there's there is something where they edited some of the violent scenes out but the idea that it was hacked to pieces or that all of the bits were edited on the floor. I just don't think that's that's true. Um, I think John Milius went for something here, and I think in many ways he achieved it. He he managed to make a, a fair, very coherent plot. I mean, the plot of Conan is so basic that it's you know it's completely coherent. Conan wants to get revenge. I mean, yeah, not every single little bit is explained, but it doesn't need to be. Do you need to know Valeria's name? Not really, because that's the kind of style that John Milius is going for. And I love it. I really enjoyed it. It's not at all what I expected. Not everything's explained, but not, not, not everything has to be. Why is he put on the wheel? I don't know, but it makes him strong, doesn't it? And it looks kind of cool. You know, that first bit, I'd say, is almost inspired by Spartacus. There's like this 20-minute section where he's like this complete silence and no one speaks. And you can't say that that's by that's because he didn't want, he didn't trust his actors to speak. That's clearly an artistic choice. And you can like it and you can not like it. But to say that he didn't trust his actors at all, I, I think that's that's stretching it a little bit. It's, it's clearly John Milius was trying to do something that's very hard to do. It's hard to set up a film just showing you, just in a proper cinematic way, just showing it. And I think he did it because, yeah, probably I'd say with Arnie, it's probably best for him not to say as much. But I think that's going with the strengths of his actors and what he's working with. So I think John Milius made a, a good choice there. And when Arnie does speak, you do sort of listen to it because Arnie's got charm. You know, you're not, you're not going to say, I'm not saying he's a great actor, Gav, but I'm saying that, you know, we've said it before that Arnie's a movie star. So and that's I, what, I couldn't figure that out. Was that a double negative? <laughs> not, not saying he's a great I'm not, I'm not wanting to not say that he's not a good star. <laughs> okay. he's, he's a good star and he, and he, and he conveys that. So, so no, I'd say, I'd say the plot is coherent and I wouldn't say it's been hacked to pieces. It's very, very easy to follow the plot of Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Coming to the Robert E. Howard, I do like the Robert E. Howard. They're, they're quite 
there are problems with the Robert E. Howard novels. He was not a particularly happy man. And also there are elements in the novels of um, fascism and sort of supremacy and stuff like that in the original novels, which obviously they've got rid of in the film quite, quite wisely. Um, the books, you know, it's, it's, it's true to the books in the sense of it just brings across this. It's all about high adventure and people using might to, to, to get what they need out of things. And that's what it conveys. You know, you completely believe Conan is, is strong and, you know, ready to take on the world. I also think it's interesting. It, it had, a, you know, a thing we were talking about in Running Man was, you know, there wasn't much threat from the people. Actually, the people that Arnie fights in this are often bigger than him. So it does actually seem like he's um, he is sort of having to fight a, a greater threat than himself. So, yeah, it does sort of follow enough of the Robert E. Howard stories to to keep it true to the books and true to the spirit of the books. But can but diverges enough to to get away from the rather mucky miry that places that, that that it could have fallen into, um and and yeah it's it's a completely it's a completely easy story and and a, and a lovely one to follow. Okay, right. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, Dave, both of you have mentioned that it is an adventure film. Alex said that the novels were essentially high adventure. You had a couple of issues with it being edited. Uh, at the end of the day, it's an action-adventure film. What is the action like? What is the adventure like? Uh, are there decent amounts of both of them left in the film, or are they edited out? They're not edited out. They're just not there. It's not an exciting film at all. You think it will be. You look at the cover, and you think you're going to get, like I say, a sword and sandals epic, this big action film. And you just don't, the action set pieces are actually very few and far between. He prefers to stay on these, like like I say, lingering shots and things like that, rather than actually getting into to an action film. You know, I'd say you've got, there's the opening scene, you know, the raid on the village uh, where Conan is orphaned. Uh, you see a couple of like snippets of gladiator fights. Uh, he raids the temple. They raid the tem- temple a second time. And then there's the final battle at the in the ruins in the desert. That's about it. There's five action set pieces some of them quite short is there a, is there a sixth we chins a camel as well chins a camel. Yeah. oh god yeah that's a yeah, this one chins, i thought it might be a camel. that is another odd thing that you know john millius john millius didn't care about actors or animals getting yeah hurt on I, the making I, of this. I looked at the credits at the end and it doesn't have that disclaimer yeah that no animals were i'm pretty sure he chinned a camel in this they had um guys on board please remember that they had guys on board making sure that they weren't hurting animals and they couldn't put that disclaimer on because they saw numerous instances of animals getting hurt making this. Oh my God! To, be, really? fair, to yeah. be fair to John Milius, plenty of actors got hurt making this as well. <laughs> you know, he was he was devil may care with his directing. There's a scene where Conan's fighting that that rubber snake in the, in the pit. It's awful, <laughs> awful special effects. He's fighting this giant snake, and there's arrows hitting the snake over his head. Those arrows were not on a wire; they were actually being shot. From a bow, I kid you not, by John Milius himself. By John Milius, it yeah. was determined that he was the best archer on set. So he was actually firing arrows away from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you got Sandal Bergman getting a hand cut open in a in a sword fight. You've got a stuntman breaking his leg. You've got people getting injured left, right, and center, and then animals getting hurt as well. So yeah, it's funny Alex mentioned the chinning the camel. Yeah, there's plenty of instances of. of recklessness i think on john millius's part but hey um, i'm sure i read something a, a while ago about um, 
John Milius saying that uh, he knew that he'd done a good job, like in, in you know in the days of film and if when Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He did say that. Yeah, <laughs> he did say that. He did say that. Hey, the man knows how to frame a shot. I'll make that concession. He does. But no, in terms and of the action and adventure, and how to punch a camel. <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you, I saw that done better by Mel Brooks in Blazing Saddles, where the horse gets punched out. <laughs> the action adventure is regrettably few and far between uh there's not much action going on here and the the action sequences you do get are all too brief and i don't know if it was budgetary constraints they just didn't seem to have the level of stuntman required for this sort of thing the action sequences are a bit hokey you know they're not convincing in any way shape or form you could say oh that adds to the charm of conan the barbarian the fact that it is rubbish you know that the special effects are awful like beyond awful even for the time catastrophically bad because of the budget constraints and the fights are just so unrealistic and just terrible it's just like yeah it's it's awful the action is awful because it's just and i think it's down to the stuntman not being maybe as as on a on the same level as other hollywood stuntmen for the time i think there were there were, there were some serious budgetary constraints that's why they didn't get the director they wanted first of all uh, and John Milius could do it for like half of what the previous director said they needed. Um, but I think those constraints come out in the finished product. And, you know, he made his film, sure, but the action is poor. It's genuinely poor. Uh, and the adventure, I think, suffers as a result of that. You know, there's there's just not much to talk about there. There's uh, some pretty poor sequences, to be honest. With you. I mean, the one at the orgy is just god awful. I mean, did you wonder what that green soup was about with like rubber hands? Yeah. yeah these, <laughs> they've got this it's, a, it's an orgy right that's the one where James Earl Jones turns into a snake for some reason that's probably the best that's probably the best special effect in the whole film and it's still hokey <laughs> it's a, go Alex yeah right I, I'm sorry but Dave you cannot tell me you didn't yeah. enjoy the bit where James Earl Jones primary <laughs> weapon right is he gets a snake and he, he rubs it till it goes stiff <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> right and then he fires it like an arrow at his target someone. <laughs> you can't oh tell me dave when he did that you weren't laughing or just enjoying it or just being like wow i'm great. laughing you know I mean? at the film though. i'm yeah. not laughing with it he's not done that ironically oh come on i'm laughing at i'm laughing at how terrible you're telling me james Earl Jones I mean, and john Millier seriously rubbed a snake until it got stiff and then fired it and everyone was like that's a, that's a serious that you know. I everyone, think James Earl Jones is a consummate professional and did as he was told. John Milius, <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I do think Dave Dave's right that there is you know I wouldn't say the action is like oh my god you know this is this is incredible but there is charm to it. I, I just disagree with Dave there. there. There is a lot of charm to the action. There's quite a lot of blood packs. There's quite quite a gory film. I know we said we edited it to. Um, to get rid of some of the violence, but actually had, this film was... I had nothing was... to do for it. Speak for yourself. I, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> the, uh... you, were, you were the one responsible for punching the camel, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And If anything, you know... I said I wanted more camels to be <laughs> He was the like, one who got the idea with the snakes getting yeah. straight as well. Do you know I wanted what I mean? a domino <laughs> effect. I wanted to punch one camel and take out a whole line of camels. The caravan, John, John... you will. <laughs> but, you know, this is a film where a, a, a camel does get chinned and you know snakes are fired at people from arrows and stuff like that and there's some good horse riding it's like we're saying you know you know dave you know sort of said it's well shot well the actions yeah, they can, are they well can shot. ride horses i'll give them that one yeah they did <laughs> and the stuntmen yeah i think they did a fine job I, I i wouldn't say there's any point when you really think the stuntman's done a poor job i i like the action uh, it is a little hokey in places 
but that does add to the charm completely. But there is there's little moments when, you know, Conan swings his sword and it's about, you know, a split second later where the guy just sort of looks and then his blood back explodes and then he's like and then he falls on the floor. And you know, you're just enjoying it. You're going with it because you're not taking it overly seriously. But I um I think some of the action's really good. A good thing they did is they got I'm um, we'll coming to casting characters later, but they got Sandal Bergman to play Valeria, who's a, a who's a trained dancer. And she's got the liveness to sort of to 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 sort of go around and make make that sort of action quite enjoyable. But also you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger just punching people out and using his sword. And the guy's the guy knows what he's doing. The guy can swing a sword and he does it really well. So I'd 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 completely disagree. I'd also say the action set pieces are pretty good, especially for the time. There's a few, there's a little bit of sort of CGI's uh, stuff, but most of it's practical effects, and they spent the money on these big sets. So you do believe you are in this sort of mystical world of is it Hyperpolis? Hyperpolis? I can't remember. But in this world that you know the Conan tales are set. It was filmed in Spain, but they've obviously gone on location and thought very carefully about where they where they wanted it to be and spent a lot of money on, you know, like the final showdown comes in this temple and they've built this entire staircase on into the side of a mountain. It's you're like you sort of look at it thinking, where is this? And you're like, oh, my God, they made it, you know, so they have put a lot of money into it. They've 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 spent the money well, I think, on the action set pieces. Yes, it's the action's a little hokey, but it's good enough that it's not all hokey and you are entertained by it. Okay, thank you very much, Alex. Now, you've both mentioned several points about the cast and notably James L. Jones and Max von Sydow. Alex, you mentioned before about Sandal Bergman being a trained dancer and using that in the role. What else can you tell me about the cast and the characters? Um, Starting with uh, Dave. Yeah, could I just rebut a couple of Alex's points just briefly or do we not have time um I'll, I'll allow it but only if it's complimentary towards arnold schwarzenegger i'll leave i'll leave arnie out of it <laughs> and you know, and I'll, I'll, say, and I'll leave alex out of it <laughs> not alex's fault but um it's, it's it's not it's not an enjoyable film there is no charm to this film the charm has been has been taken out of it you know and it wasn't the money is not there to see on screen alex says they spent a lot of money on these sets they didn't they really didn't they were done on the cheap that was why john millius got the job because he could cut the budget uh, the guy who actually built the temple, all credit to the production designer on this one. He turned up, there were no plans to build this temple. There was just a drawing. There was no architectural design to it. So he just threw something up based on the drawing. All it's credit builder, to that guy. It? That's his job, isn't yeah. it? You know, all credit the, to that the guy. Cameraman's not going to do it. He's supposed to have a plan. <laughs> lazy, <laughs> lazy cameraman. <laughs> yeah. not, Whose job is it? Well, out. you're the builder, mate. I think, I think you know, <laughs> get cracking. Uh, yeah, we'll just <laughs> sit here and wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that how Harrison Ford got his start in, in, in acting? He was yeah, the he built carpenter. the temple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they were just like, you, come on, lazy. You can have to do a scene for us. But it's it, there's not much charm to this film, I have to say, and it's not enthralling. You are not invested because it is dull. There is not enough action for it. You either go one or two ways with this sort of film. You either go completely balls to the wall, batshit crazy, which I think it tries to do in various elements, and you feel like it's going to get that far, and then it pulls it back with this seriousness. You know, Alex said, don't take it too seriously. Tell that to John Milius, who put a Nietzsche quote at the start of the film. <laughs> this, I know who's taking this too seriously. <laughs> I don't think Milius really had a, a, a good idea of what the film, what direction the film wanted to go in. He wanted to do this big epic with these great long cinematic shots, 
uh, these poignant silences between characters uh, and this the, the Nietzsche quote at the start have a philosophy behind the film. And it's not that kind of film. This is Conan the Barbarian. People want to see action. They want to see, you know, this the storyline unfold in front of them. They want entertaining characters on the scene. They've, they've got none of it. You're not invested and you're not interested. Um, and now can I talk about casting characters based on, on that point? Yeah, go, go on, Dave. Tell me why Max von Sydow and James L. Jones, two of your acting <laughs> heroes, are bad in this film. Okay, Max von Sydow is a little hammy in this, I've got to admit. But not that you'd notice because he's barely in it. He's in, he's in there for a couple of minutes where he sends Conan off on this mission. Uh, you, it was an underuse of Max von Sydow. They were lucky to get him, to be perfectly honest with you. But you don't see very much of him. James Earl Jones is another one. They were very lucky to get him. He was a late addition to the cast after his... He was supposed to be on Broadway, but something changed with his schedule, so he was actually available to take on the role. Now, James Earl Jones is the one actor in this whole film that actually delivers a performance, and not just a good performance, a performance. James Earl Jones is great. I love the guy, and he has got presence, not just in his voice when he speaks, but just the sheer presence of the man on screen is something to behold. He's the few, one, you know, I'm talking about the poignant glances between characters and the moments without dialogue. <laughs> James Earl Jones is the one guy that can pull off those silences because he can act, he can emote with his eyes, whereas other actors weren't able to do so. <laughs> but it is a shame. Sorry. There's not many actors who could wank a snake into an arrow, but yeah. James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, Dave. I'm, I'm literally, I'm joining your process. No, 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 no. Honestly. Yeah, he takes snakes charming to a whole new level. <laughs> they are charmed. Charmed. <laughs> Go on, Dave. So, like, to, uh, to keep on going about uh, James L. Jones. But he's a, decent, he's a decent actor, and the only one they had. The unfortunate bit is when you've got him doing these poignant silences, he's not using his voice, which is his biggest attribute. That is the thing that you hire James L. Jones for. Not his, yeah, Alex is still chuckling to himself. Not, not for his snake wanking abilities, but because he's got he's a talented Shakespearean actor at a stalwart of Broadway. They were lucky to get him. Um, this film was frankly beneath him, but he's a professional and he gives it everything he's got. Everybody else, I didn't see much of Sandal Bergman's dancing background in this. Uh, the guy who plays Subatai was a surfer. You know, he had very limited action experiences. Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder. You know, he's improved over the years. Schwarzenegger genuinely has, but this was one of his first films. And yes, he owes his career to it. And we owe this film for like bringing Schwarzenegger into, into making him become one of the biggest movie stars of all time. But if it weren't for the fact it was one of Schwarzenegger's earlier roles, if that was someone else in this role, this film would be forgotten. You know, this would not have anything that set it aside from the other pieces of crap that came out in the mid 80s. You know, it was it, it's only because it was Schwarzenegger's breakthrough that we remember this film. This is a cult classic cult in the term of the of the snakes mm -hmm. and also mm -hmm. cult because it has a limited following or it, it didn't achieve the success it wanted to. Yet there's still some people out there. There are a core group of fans that will like this film. But unfortunately, the majority, I think, will just wonder what the hype's all about. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Alex. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, you're not doing yourself much favours uh, by joining in on the prosecution and talking about James L. Jones wanking off snakes into arrows. Oh, aren't I, Gav? Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a little glint in your eye that tells me that's exactly, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly the right thing to talk about here. I am going to watch that as soon as this trial <laughs> yes, is finished. Exactly. No, uh, James L. Jones is really good in it. You know, and, and, it, and it is, it's a shock when you first see him because, you know, he sort of, uh, you have this really, and I'd say one of the first scenes is possibly the best scene. It's the one that grabbed me anyway which is where Conan's tribe is attacked 
uh, by Thulsa Doom and his henchmen. Um, and, you know, you have Conan's father is killed brutally by the dogs, uh, which is, is is really well done. And then you have this bit where uh, Conan's mother has got a sword and is about, you know, sort of defending Conan to the last, last breath. And you just have this really quiet bit where James Earl Jones' character comes in, takes his helmet off, and you've just got, like, James Earl Jones... He looks like he's literally got helmet hair and he's just got this stare that he does just this really, really good stare. And the mum sort of puts a um, sword down, all no speaking, no dialogue necessary. And then he turns around and cuts her head off. And it's just this really honestly, Gav, I can't tell you, it's just this really quiet bit where like Conan's still holding his mum's hand and then her headless corpse just falls to the floor in sort of slow motion. Not what you're expecting from a Conan film, you know, just, 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 just a bit more. Than, than, than I was really thinking was going to happen. You know, it's unfair to say that if it was anyone else, you know, if it's if it wasn't Arnie, we wouldn't remember this film. Well, it was Arnie. You know, it's well cast. You know, they got him and we remember this film because of it. Sandal Bergman, she got a, global, got a Golden Globe for, for a performance in here. She's very good. I think you don't see her dancing in the film, but she brings her sort of dance, her litheness to to all the scenes that she's in, especially like the fighting scenes, you can definitely see her sort of as she's jumping over these sets. You can see that sort of that, that training. Um, and, and I think the rest of the cast, you know, James Earl Jones is, is very good. He's, he's hammy without being too much in it. Max von Sydow, Dave's completely right. He's barely in it. So you wouldn't really, you don't think of Conan and think of Max von Sydow, but you know, for just a throwaway part, then, you know, why the hell not have Max von Sydow do it? You know, it's like just pretty good, isn't it? And the rest of them, the, you know, there's, there's a lot of extras that were brought in to, you know, to sort of fill out scenes. I think the the acting is never going to, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Subutai, you know, they're never going to really like, you know, win any awards or something like that. But like I say, this is a film that doesn't have a heavy screenplay. And it isn't about that. The whole sort of point of this is an antidote to complex character motivation films okay and and that's what that's why i like about it if you wanted to watch one of those films then then go ahead but if you want to watch conan the barbarian it's because you want just a simple straightforward story where characters don't have a lot of fussy dilemmas or anything like that it's very clear what's going to go on and, and you know things happen they're tortured they're captured they are victorious and, and that's what's good about it you don't need high class actors in those roles particularly you need ones that are good at action. That's why they got Sandal Bergman. That's why they got Arnie in it. And the real role that you need someone of gravitas is Thulsa Doom. And that's exactly what they did. They got James Earl Jones in. And so, so, so the casting, look, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say this was the best cast film ever. It was the most amazing uh, bunch of actors, but it works for Conan and it's, and, and it, and it does make it enjoyable and, and worth watching all the way through. Okay, thanks, Alex. Um, Dave, anything that you want to come back on there? Um, Alex essentially saying that the only character that you need to be played by a decent actor is Thulsa Doom, and, and that's what they did. Um, I'd, I'd beg to differ. I mean, Thulsa Doom isn't in it that much. I'd say he's got the opening sequence. Uh, he's got the scene at the orgy where he transforms into, a, transforms into a snake. He's got the scene after the temple where he, after Conan is captured, which is his finest moment, I think. And then you've got the end battle sequence plus the bit at the temple he's really not in it that much and yeah it's, it's good to get a, a, a an actor that can play a villain with presence you know they, they looked out when they got james l jones no doubt but it would be nice to have other members of your cast who are on screen maybe a bit more be a bit more capable 
of delivering lines, um, of of emoting a bit more, of, of making you feel that these are char- fleshed out characters. You know, you're on the journey with them for most of it. Thulsa Doom just kind of like flits in and out whenever his character is relevant. Other than that, I'd say I, I think you need your heroes to be played by decent actors, and I think you need uh, your protagonists, your sidekicks, you know, the people they meet along the way to be played by decent actors, and unfortunately, they're just lacking in that department. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Any final points, anything that we might have missed off? Starting with Alex. I just want to say that this is a simple film that's enjoyable to watch. It's not something that you really want to get bogged down in the complications of. It's just, you know, with story-wise and character motivations, like I just said. But it does what it needs to, which is it's, you know, it's got it's got the good cast in the in the right places. It's got good action. It's funny, it's funny to laugh at but not so funny to laugh at that you just completely lose all touch with it. It's still, it's still, you can still have a snake being wanked off into an arrow and still kind of care that, you know, that Conan gets revenge on Thulsa Doom at the end. And it manages to tread that line. And as well as, you know, camels getting chinned and all of that, it's just surprisingly well directed and shot, like really surprisingly. And, that in that in, that in and of itself makes Conan the Barbarian a surprising and entertaining watch and more than worthy of joining our esteemed hit list. So you're saying it's as good as Jingle All the Way? I'd say coming up to as good as Jingle. <laughs> Obviously, it's not. Do you know what I mean? It's never going to hit the heady heights of Jingle All the Way. Arnie wasn't there yet, Gav. But <laughs> at some point you can see we're on a road to jingle all that, the way that was ju- jingle all the way was a glint in conan's eye <laughs> <laughs> and, and very quickly sorry dave before i move on to, to your final thoughts alex mm-hmm. is it better or is it worse than the running man it's a lot better like a lot better than the running man genuinely okay okay i'll be asking dave the same question in a minute so anyway dave um your final thoughts please yeah, uh, this is a, a charmless film that I think flits between taking itself too seriously and then not taking itself seriously enough. If it just had, had picked one, you know, you either open your film with a Nietzsche quote and you give us a really thoughtful, uh, well thought out, uh, intricate film with an adventure story, or you have a guy chinning camels and wanking off snakes. Can't believe, <laughs> can't believe that's, that's in the zeitgeist now. I can't believe I'm saying it. But it's, you either go one way or another, and this film just doesn't. And it's just not that exciting. For an adventure film, adventures are meant to be exciting. And if you took out all the... Me- I think this is a film where it's got a couple of memorable bits, and that's that's what tricks you into thinking that this film was better than it was. You know, you've got the, the snake turning into an arrow. You've got James Earl Jones turning into a snake. You've got James Earl Jones turning into an, an arrow. No. Wanking uh, you know, <laughs> himself a, into yeah. an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a camel being, being chinned. You've got, you know, these snippets throughout the film that, you know, are, are memorable, not necessarily good, but they're memorable. But if you put all those snippets together, no matter how good they are, they only make up about 15 minutes of a two-hour film. The rest of it is all filler, charmless filler that will numb you to your core because it is just so tediously done. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for that, Dave. Very good. Um, a bit more worse than The Running Man? This is nowhere near as good as The Running Man. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Right, lots to consider. But then The it. Running Man, in Dave's opinion, was fucking amazing. So, so, it was so. amazing. It was a very flawed, <laughs> very flawed film, but one that I would not hesitate to, to put on and watch again. Okay. Right. Thank you very much for that, Dave. I'm just making some notes now. And I believe, Dave, that you are providing us with a quiz this week. 
I am. I am. I thought, well, it's the end of our Arnold Schwarzenegger month. So I thought I would do a quiz on Arnold Schwarzenegger's most collaborated with actor. I am talking, of course, about Sven the legend. Ollie Thorson. Sven Ollie Ollie Thorson. Thorson. You know his name. I am so. I thought I was going to have a Billy Crudup, Billy Crudup <laughs> on my hands. I was like, this could fall flat on its face. You guys know Sven Ollie Thorson. That makes my job so much easier. Essentially, what I'm going to give you, I'm just going to give you a couple of questions about Sven Ollie Thorson's career away from Arnie. And then we're going to play a little game. Not a quiz, necessarily. A little game about Sven Ollie Thorson. And let's see how well you do. So essentially, this first spot could be rendered moot by the game. But, you know, we'll see how we go. Uh, this is a quiz I like to call Sven, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so pleased you know who Sven Olthorsen is. You know, it's, it's a, you know D- Denmark's greatest gift to cinema. You know, uh, after uh, after uh, Mads Mads Mikkelsen, Mikkelsen. <laughs> Jesper Christensen, Lars von Trier, Viggo Mortensen, Ulrich Thompson, Bridget Nielsen, and and half of Scarlett Johansson. I didn't know but Viggo Mortensen. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> other than that they, I think Sven Olthorst is next on that list. He's up there in the top fifty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so question number one: Sven Olthorst appeared briefly alongside Antonio Banderas as a fold assassin in which hit list film? Uh. Um, oh, 13th Warriors. 13th Warrior is correct. You say Spy Kids. No, that's not on the hit list yet. Not on the hit yes. list yet. We're still working on it. Uh, question number two Thorson had a significant role as the Gladiator Tigress in Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Uh, it's the scene where he battles Russell Crowe. There's tigers coming out of pits. He's wearing a, a steel mask throughout. Where is Tigress from? And he is introduced constantly oh, as shit. Tigress of Tro- Tro- uh, Persia. He's not Trojan. He's not from Persia. Oh, I no. don't know. Not he is Tigress of Gaul. Ah. 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 All, that, all those all those Asterix comics for nothing. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. nothing. Nothing. Obelix is spinning in his grave. <laughs> oh. as, this very as, large grave. Very large. Oh. It's a cartoon. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> As Guts and the Swede in 1995's The Quick and the Dead, Thorson engages in a duel against which actor, I just want the actor, not the character, which he ultimately loses. Is it A, Sharon Stone, B, Gene Hackman, or C, Leonardo DiCaprio? I think it's C, Leo. I think, the, yeah, I Leo think it's Leo as well. You're both right. It is. He loses to Leonardo DiCaprio in that film. Okay, question number four. Which two Lethal Weapon films has Thorson had small roles in? I will accept any combination of films. Two and, Two and three. No. Not three and right. one. Three and one is correct. Second time <laughs> to start, he was in one and three. Uh, and question number five. Thorson appears in Dragon, the Blue Lee story, as a nightmarish figure that haunts the, the dreams of the Lee family. By what name is this character referred to? Is it oh. A, the Dane, B, the demon, or C, the demogorgon. I mean, just uh, C. I've not watched it, but C. Because I think I think cool. it's the, I think it's the demon. It is the demon. That's a point to gather. there. He is referred to as the demon, not the Dane. I would I would have liked to have seen that. You know, hmm. Bruce Lee being chased through his dreams by the Dane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, that basically we'll, we'll forget the points on that one. The game I want to play with you guys about Sven Olthorsen is he's appeared with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on screen in fifteen films. He's worked wow. on a further two, I believe, doing like stunts and training. Uh, All together, I've got 17 films here of Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> that Thorson has appeared in. I'd like you to take it in turns. Oh, God. Name. Oh, my God. Okay. Those Arnold oh Schwarzenegger films that you think he's been in. Yeah. We used to play a game similar to this. We, we did. Were warming up. Let's see how you do with Can Sven I go first? Thorson. You may go first. 
Is he in Raw Deal? He is in Raw Deal. He plays yeah, yeah. Patrovitova's henchman yes. who gets shot from behind a pillar when his gun jams. <laughs> yes. Right. He's definitely in the running, I mean, man. There's quite a lot of henchmen. Yeah, there were a lot of henchmen. He's the bearded <laughs> one. He's the bearded one that doesn't look Italian in any way, shape, or form. He is in the running, man. Gav, he plays Sven. Alex? Oh, uh, I'm just thinking of all the action films. I'm just guessing it. Kindergarten Cop? No, with regret, he's Damn. not in Kindergarten Cop. I'll, I'll let Gav just go through the next 16. see <laughs> how many points okay. he can rack up, Gav. Films. But he's, he's definitely in Conan the Barbarian. And Conan he is the in Conan Destroyer. the Barbarian. As Thorgrim, and he's in Conan the Destroyer. Is he? Yep. Yeah, and he's definitely in Twins as one of the henchmen that uh, he beats up. He plays Sam Klein in Twins, correct? I think he's in Red Heat. He has a punch up with Arnie inside a sauna, which yeah, right at the very beginning when they, they get thrown both... out of the window and have a punch up <laughs> practically naked in yep. the snow. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think he's in Terminator Two. He plays a security guard in Terminator Two. Also correct. And then I'm I'm struggling to be honest. Uh, the rest would probably be guesses. Go on, Dave. Go is he on, in Predator? Any, any he is in Predator. He is the Russian general who executes a hostage, and Arnold Schwarzenegger blasts him through the yeah. wall of the hut he's in. Uh, he's also uh, he did the training for Total Recall, which was one of his non-on-screen appearances. He played an extra and did the stunts for Red Sonja. Uh, he plays a gunman in Last Action Hero. Commander? Russian gunman in Eraser. He's not in Commando, I'm afraid. He did the stunts for Jingle All The Way, the stunts for Batman and Robin. He plays a thug in End of Days, a bomb victim in Collateral Damage, and he plays a goon, that is what he's credited as, in Welcome to the Jungle slash The Rundown. I think that is a solid Sven Oli Thorson victory for Gav there, but good effort, Alex. You know, I'm just made up you knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sort of film career, obviously I couldn't have because me and Sven Oliver first, and there's quite a few differences between us, but that's the sort of, that's the sort of career I would like to have had in film. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just someone who pitches up, has fun, throws a few people through a window and then just, you know, as a, as a fist fight naked with Donald Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the filming done. They collect the paycheck and off they go. Do you know what I mean? But you've been yes. in 17 films. It is a like life it. well led, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, much it's, so he was actually in the top 100 highest grossing actors of the 80s sure, because yeah. he kept appearing in so it's many so Arnold Schwarzenegger. My God. It's, it's essentially like as, just like yeah. being um, like Bez from the Happy Mondays. You, know, you just kind of, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't really do the thing that you're there to do, but you know yeah, the yeah, person yeah. who you're can't do it. Just along for the ride, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's, is Arnie also Bez from the Happy Mondays? It's like there's two Bezes, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Sorry, that I was, was going to put this on the hit list, <laughs> but you know what? Okay, you. I know, and I, and I still couldn't stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> right okay thank you very much Dave very good quiz there right moving on to the verdict I'm not gonna lie like this has been much harder than I thought it was gonna be I don't really like Swords and Sandals films and like when you first started talking about it, Alex I was like this sounds shit <laughs> but <laughs> but you taught me around you taught me around you said the production design was great and the sets they sounded fantastic they sounds a lot of thought and effort gone into them whether or not they cost a lot of money, as Dave was debating, it doesn't really matter. You know, the end game is a good result. Uh, you said the cinematography was really well done, as was the direction, and there was some really interesting artistic choices there, you know, for the fact that nobody speaks for 20 minutes. You also mentioned about the beautiful score. You said that the overall story was simple and straightforward, but it was enjoyable, which is, you know, what, what it needs to do. Now, Dave, to contrast that, you said that really it was quite charmless. It was quite dull as well, and the action set pieces... A few and far between. Alex, you didn't really 
um, contradict Dave there about the action set pieces in too much detail. Dave, you made a good point when you said you either go balls to the wall crazy with this or you go super serious. And this is like sort sort of odd mixture of the both and it doesn't quite work. You also said that although some of the direction was pretty good, especially surprisingly for this type of film, but it was also a bit careless as well. People and animals got hurt and a lot of of the original story was cut out, including Sandal Bergman's character's introduction. And you get to the point where you don't even know who she is, you know, especially if you've never read the novels. And that some of the supporting cast was good, but that they don't make the most of James Earl Jones or Max von Sydow and the rest of the cast, the ones that you're on the journey with, including Conan, should have been played by better or more decent actors. Uh, and that's hard for me to say. It's a hard one to decide. I think it would be enjoyable. I think that definitely on a last weekend, I could watch this in the background and be chuckling away, especially bits where James L. Jones wanks off a snake and shoots him as an arrow. But as a film, as an overall film as well, being placed on the hit list, would it fit well? I don't think it would. I don't know. This is really, really hurting me to do this. But <laughs> fucking fourth time in this one. <laughs> <laughs> going on the barbarian is going on the shit <laughs> oh wow Gav I'm sorry Gav that must have hurt that must have hurt you put, really you put you've put two of his films on there haven't you <laughs> <laughs> uh, genuine opinions I'm, I'm actually really excited to hear this starting with uh, Alex because uh, uh, I've got a big question mark over your head yeah, I'm intrigued I, I didn't make this up I didn't make up a lot of what I was saying I did enjoy it and I did find it like refreshing I was sort of sat in for because I picked this one and I was sort of sat down and I was like, as soon as it went on, I was like, what the hell have I picked Conan the Barbarian for? And then I was really pleasantly surprised at finding like a film that was like pretty decently done. It's not on the wrong list though. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's probably on the right list. It's, uh, you know, James Hill Jones wanks off a snake. It's not, do you know what I mean? Like it should probably go on the shit list. And I think it's Dave, Dave hit the nail on the head when he said it's just taking itself too seriously. You're a bit like, Ah, come on film do you know what i mean don't don't take yourself this seriously and i think if it had lightened it up john milius i think was a big fan of the conan comics and the and the law and the world and stuff like that and and that shines through in the film you really see that you know and, and i'm glad he sort of brought that he really ca- you can see he really cares about the character but i think he needed someone to say like look johnny i'm glad you really care about this character but we're also wanking off snakes and chinning camels here, mate. Like let's, let's embrace a little bit more of the comedy light side to this. And I think if it had, then it probably would, it, it wouldn't have been a big change. And then I think it could have gone on the hit list. Okay. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, Dave. What's your honest opinion? It's, it's, uh, it's in the right place. I have to say it's, it's pretty awful. I didn't lie. I didn't make it. I was quite unkind to this film, but I didn't make it up either. I'm sorry to say it's yeah, it's I think the the intentions were good. The intentions were so good. You know, everyone, everyone tries their best. You know, it was an inexperienced cast for the most part who really did give it everything they've got. They really did try. Like I mentioned, the production designer. Who, who had to build that temple without a plan, you know? And John Milius, who I think I think the studio did this film a huge disservice because they did make him go back and edit chunks out of it. You know, they he had a vision for this film and they kind of took it from him. I think John Milius was the right guy to direct this. It was just the wrong studio to release it. But I have to say, there's only three things about this film that I do think are brilliant. And I do mean brilliant to give this film credit where it's due. One is James Earl Jones being able to play 
in deadpan, in full seriousness, there's this character, Thulsa Doom. He's brilliant in this. That scene, you know, where Conan is captured and brought before him, he is, talk about gravitas. If you ever want to give mm. like a, an acting class on presence, that's mm. it there. And then James Earl Jones was amazing in this. You know, an acting class as well in like, you not know, how to, how to ham it up. Just, yeah, it's just the, the right amount of ham. Yeah, yeah, perfect He's ham. Perfectly done. James Earl Jones is one thing I say is brilliant in this. The production design, I do think the sets, given they had no money to spend on it, they did a decent job with the sets. I really did. And the other thing that is brilliant that I skirted around and didn't want to talk about is the score. Yeah. Because it is, it is a really good score. I've got to admit, they, they nailed it on the head with that one. There's, there's times where it doesn't quite fit with what's going on on screen, but I can look the other way on that. And I think, you know, it, it was a really good piece of music that they put together. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not go, I, at no point when you were about, you know, I could sort of tell where you were leaning on that. I wasn't like, no, this is, Con-. it's Conan the Barbarian. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. probably, <laughs> probably deserves to be on the shit list. But, yeah, yeah. With regret. With regret. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was, Terminator Genesis, which scored 27% and 52% respectively on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh, I'm going to put this high. Like I think, I think higher. Like, yeah. I, I'd say this film would have a cult following and yeah. some diehard fans in it. Yeah, okay. I reckon so too. Well, you're both right because it's 64% critical and 74% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, much higher, to be honest. I think that's the highest one of all the Arnold Schwarzenegger films that we've done this season. Um, so, yeah. Very surprised. Highest. I wonder what Arnie's highest is. Probably Terminator One or Two. But um, what would you say his best showcase for acting is Gav? <sighs> Maggie. Probably Maggie. Maggie. I was going to say Maggie. Yeah, he actually is pretty good in Maggie. Yeah. You know? So shove that stiff snake <laughs> where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> I was just asking a question, Gav. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though. Looking at like the top critic feedback from this is your mate uh, Roger Ebert, Dave. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. Like three out of four. Conan is a perfect fantasy for the alienated pre-adolescent. Wow. I know, it's not not really a great it's not really a <laughs> ringing yeah. endorsement there. You, you reckon know. John Milius after putting his Nietzsche quote at the front read that and was just like, his yeah. smile slowly faded as he read on. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I have done that, haven't I? <laughs> um, okay, well thank you very much for that guys, really appreciate it and uh, just to say that our next Next film has been pulled out of the hat and it is going to be Mortal Kombat. All of the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get Mortal Kombat on the hit list will be Joel and Alex. In prosecution will be Dave and myself, which means Ozzy will be the judge. So just want to say thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this episode. If you liked it, why not give us a like, share, and a subscribe. Go on Apple Podcasts and give us a lovely five-star rating. And you can catch more of our content at filmsontrial.co.uk. Follow us on social media, Twitter, at Film Trials, or Films on Trial on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. That is it, Conan the Barbarian, and essentially all of the Arnold Schwarzenegger month <laughs> has been a shit. <laughs> I'm going to go and lie down and sob into my pillow. <laughs> My Arnold Schwarzenegger-shaped pillow. And we're going to be... <laughs> it's, a, it's a big pillow. <laughs> and we're going to be directly in your ears next week with Mortal Kombat. Goodbye. I can't believe wanking off a snake got set so many times. And I can't believe you said it, Dave. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. I can't believe it. <laughs>